Hello and welcome to Podcast 93 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast brought to you by WeStream FM. I'm Matt and this week I am joined by Dave as a party. Welcome, David. Thank you, Matthew. Hello, everybody. Hello. It's a rather staccato start, but let's get going. Get some energy in this biatch. Uh, Joseph, welcome. Hush your betty, Flaps. Hush your betty, There we go. I just learned that. I'd... I mean, I do. I I do think that Batty is massively under underused these it. days, and therefore it's it is an old school Ali G term, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's due a comeback. Way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm how are you, Joseph? Well, I'm very well, Marvelous mate. Very hope. Well. Excellent. Kurt Dizzle rounding up the rear. How are I we, can't sir? Beat any of that? So just hello. <laughs> well, you said rounding up the rear, and you said Batty as well. So. <laughs> It's all going, all going a bit blue, bit of blue, bit of blue. Uh, right. So this week's podcast, we're going to be chatting about five at the back because basically Dave's had issues. So this is sort of following on from your little explanation from last week. But before we get into that, we have some save updates, and we're going to have a quiz later on, as well as some of your questions that will be answered by us four. So save updates, gentlemen. I'm going to start with Mr. Kurt Dizzle, um, if you don't mind, Squire. Okay. Um... So, Premier League, hey, um, fifteen games in, we're currently sat in fourth place. Absolutely astonishing. We uh, we've we've beaten Arsenal, we've drawn away at City, we've beaten Everton at Goodison Park. Like we're just, it's bonkers. It really is bonkers. It's like so far removed from what I was expecting. I was kind of hoping for like mid mid-table um, and you know that might still end up being the case but 15 games in we're sat in fourth we've had some really good results again you know some tough fixtures uh, defensively we we look a bit frail so that's definitely an area of improvement I think we're third or fourth worst in, in terms of um, defense uh, but we are scoring goals so I've I've been tempted a few times now to remove one of my strikers. We're still playing a four four two. I've been tempted to remove one of the strikers and play a DM. But you know, while while we're still um sort of in credit as, as it were, with goals scored versus goal to, goals against, I'm reluctant to do it. because um, we're sat back so often, there's so much space to, to exploit down, you know behind opposition wing-backs who are getting forward and stuff like that. And, and our strikers are really linking up. Asomba Longa, who started the season really well, has kind of dropped to the bench now. And, and the young the young pairing of Borgia and Letizia, um have really, really uh, come to the fore. I think borgia has got seven goals in eight games. letizia has got seven goals in 12, maybe. So, yeah, it's it's a really, really positive start. I, I, I imagine it's only, you know, it's the only way is down, really. You say you need your defence is not that great. Any chance of Borra in any players from anywhere? It's terrible, but <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Like we maybe at the end of the season, but I think we're kind of stuck with our lot for this year. Um, I like we've got Pontus Janssen who's getting on a little bit now. Uh, we brought in Markov- Svetoslav Markovic, who looks all right. He's had a bit of a rocky start. Uh, our fullbacks definitely could do with improving. I'm looking at Josh Tymon, um, who has been 
just well, he's superb on football manager the last couple of years. I had him at Forest last year, uh, and he's ex- he looks excellent again this year. So I'm, I might go out and break the bank for him um, at the end of the season. But we'll just we'll you know we'll we'll plug away with uh, with what we've got at the moment and see what happens. How is the forty million pound man? Alecci's great, actually. So uh, Alecci is he's playing on the on the right hand side as a wide midfielder. Um, he's getting his fair share as a, of assists. He's, he he pops up with the old goal. I think his average rating is like seven point two so far for the season. Um, really happy with it. I mean, considering that's not a familiar position for him, he's a. Uh, He's he's owning it and he's he's doing well. Dave Fright looks okay in the centre of, of the park. I think he's missing having that DM behind him. We've kind of had to put the shackles on him a little bit. Obviously playing a, a two man midfield. Uh, and Letitia, as I said earlier, like he's loving life, loving life right now. The other thing I was going to say was that I have previous form with Middlesbrough in overachieving. <laughs> Uh, having recovered well from an initial like season, so uh, I, I'm just sort of I'm a bit concerned that things are going a bit well, too got, well for you. You got shafted because you had a really good season, then a mediocre season, and they sacked you for it, right? Yeah, um, I had a really good season, but then the the uh, expectations in the following season didn't really sort of go in line or hand in hand with the budget I was providing. Well, I mean, I guess, like, we, um, obviously, you had Gibson, I think, in charge. Like, we've, um, we got bought out uh, just after I took took over. So, the board seem really, really happy at the moment. Um, obviously, it's early days, you know, we don't know what next year's expectations are going to be, but we'll see. Let's just ride the wave, uh, as it comes. I mean, I've already been sacked once in this save. If I get sacked again, it's no great shakes, is it? Well, acrimoniously as well, so it'd be rather unfair if it if lightning would strikes be. twice in this save. Rather unfair. Andy Scott goes and takes your job. He's still he's doing well as a scout. Uh, he's fine, Andy. We've spoke we've spoken <laughs> about you, me and Andy. He thinks you're a prick. So. He's a, he's a snake. Fuck him. Uh Dave. You've, you've been pretty busy on the old YouTubes this week. Yeah, I realised I had five days to do about four one football videos, so that's the only reason I've uploaded, really, to be honest. Uh, Behind <laughs> the curtain, they... everyone. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Mate, sell out. Kurt, have you got a player called yeah. Dave Fryer? That's the most Brexit name I've ever heard in my life, I think. <laughs> I just thought that. Was, uh, that is he was born, born, in, uh, born in Farnborough. Like, close close to the military yeah. town. So he's almost probably an old a shop boy. pretty Brexit town as well, to be fair. That is Brexit, that pure God save our queen. Um, yeah, Wolves, it's going all right. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, when did we start? It started last week. We are heading towards December now. Um, obviously, we had the trouble a little bit last week with the E5 at the back, which we'll talk about a bit more today. Um, haven't had as much issue in the last few days with that uh, since a little tweak in the tactic, which, again, I'll go through later. But um, just inconsistency at the moment in the league. We've not started well in the league at all. I think we've probably only won two games out of our first sort of 10, getting a number of draws and a number of losses as well. But, I mean, we've already picked up points against um, United we've drawn against, Arsenal we've drawn against, Spurs we've drawn against. So I think I might have to sort of almost put together two tactics, one for the bigger teams because they seem to struggle to break down the, the five at the back or the three at the back, 
with wing backs. Uh, and then maybe another more attacking tactic with four at the back when I take on teams that I, I feel I should be beating. Because, I mean, in the Europa League and in the Carabao Cup, we're doing really well. I'm through to the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup against Bristol City, which, in my opinion, we should be winning. So straight away, you know, the European dream could live on because I could get European football through the League Cup if I managed to win it. Um, but yeah, Europa League, we've qualified out of our group. But yeah, it's just um, the league at the moment. And I've said it's the bread and butter. And if you're going to have pressure put on by the board, it's going to be because you aren't doing well in the league. So I need to start picking up results. But I didn't make any major signings in the summer window. So I'm looking forward to, touch wood, I keep my job. Um, looking forward to make some big signings come uh, January. I think I really need to bulk out my midfield. I would love it if the first time you get sacked on this game is when you do a proper wolf save. I know. It's going to be Sod's Law, definitely. They're, they're still, I don't know if they're, they're sort of on the border of satisfied and pleased at the moment, I think. Because we're doing all right in most other competitions and we're getting by in the Premier League. But we're just not, we're not getting enough points basically there's games we should be winning like Norwich who obviously came up we dropped points against them um, Southampton who we beat previously in the cup we dropped points again against them we lost to Everton then absolutely dicked them in the cup two days later and I just thought oh. but yeah compared to your sort of youth challenge save are you enjoying this one a bit more because you've got a bit more freedom to do what you want or are you kind of missing that restriction um, well, because we're still in the first year, I've I've sort of not had anything like it's been the same really. Because the first year the youth restrict uh, the youth restricted one was obviously the same, and I wasn't like nothing much had happened uh, as of as of yet. I think in January when I start bringing in my own players, I'll enjoy it a lot more. Um, obviously in the in the summer window when I first started, I cashed in on a couple of players to try and get more money, hoping that the board would give me some more money, and they never did. But I think they're in a position now, you know, every now and then the board sort of give you a chunk of money coming up to a winter transfer window. I'm sort of hoping they're going to do that um, and, and bulk out the team a little bit more with some more quality because it, it isn't good enough, to be fair, to be competing. And if I genuinely want to do well in Europe, I'm going to have to add players. Um, I've signed Ross back, who I signed for Porto, Joe, on our save. I've got him, him coming in on free. I think he'll be a backup to Patricio um, with Ruddy going out. Um, but yeah, there's value in the squad at the moment, but uh, any of the good players such as Jota and stuff like that, Jota's probably been the best and most consistent performer at the moment, but the likes of Jimenez and Origi, Origi especially, he misses so many one-on-ones. He keeps trying to dink the goalkeeper, but like on the camera, it looks like it's going in and I'm celebrating going mad and then it just like gets cleared off the line because it loses all the pace or goes wide. But yeah, we're creating chances, just not putting them on. Wouldn't be signing anyone from the Porto save, mate. That nearly broke you. <laughs> yeah, I'm still 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 recovering from that. Someone asked me actually on my uh, recent video. I said, uh, "Will you do a Porto save on FM 2020?" I just had to sit down. I had to wipe one tear from my eye whilst I was re- replying to the comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joseph, have you had much chance to play much this week? I don't really I know remember where I was. Dropped another blog yeah. post. You dropped another blog post. Um, because you, you dropped two last week and then you dropped one at the start of this week. I yeah, I kind of copped the save up, didn't I? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> first first full right. season, get promoted to the Premier League by winning the league. Um, <clears throat> the second half, I think pretty sure last week I was talking about the first half of the season. Went really well. Um, well, I think I was in fifth place coming up to the January window. 
signed Jared Bowen. That was pretty much the only person I signed. Um, and then just kind of just picked up results. And I don't even think when, when you look at the form, it wasn't like it was winning every game. I think, and I think I finished on 87 points or something like that in first position, which was about 10 points lower than Norwich had got the year before or whatever it was. So it wasn't, it was strange because I finished top, but I didn't feel like it was a dominating kind of performance throughout the whole season. It was just more consistently not losing, drawing games and things like that. So yeah, kind of cocked it up. <clears throat> Definitely didn't have the squad for the Premier League because I had about seven alone signings. Um, and I think I had Peter Crouch retired, Dave Nugent retired. Danny Rowe just isn't good enough. Um <clears throat> <laughs> so yeah I just had to try and I, I had 30 million to build a squad for the Premier League and I was like well I'm going to try and build a squad that if we get if we get relegated which is I hope I actually hope we do because it's kind of it would really fuck the save up um, <clears throat> so I've built like a really decent championship squad and as we were talking about on Twitter about kind of building the walls style tactic yeah. that's what I've kind of gone with at the moment so I've only played three games in the Premier League lost one to Arsenal Drew to Leicester, drew to Crystal Palace. I'm really intrigued to see your uh, like results, like calculator and your estimator, I guess it is, and and how far, like how many points do you estimate you're going to get at the end of this season? Like if just looking at sort of fixtures on the face of everything, I'm going for 38 draws. So <laughs> thirty-eight yep. points. Then. I think that that'll do a job. You've already lost one. Were you were you four four two all last season? Uh, started four one four one. Um, lost four games on the trot. Went four four two. Op tactic destroy the league. <laughs> How did you? Um, what the transfer methods then this summer going into the Prem? Did you exploit the loan window? You can't. Or? You can't really because of the domestic player. Obviously, uh, had a massive Brexit fuck up as well. Signed Alpha Samedo again from the Benfica Porto save, um, yeah. but because he's on four grand a week, he gets a young work permit thing, so he can't play in the first team. I was like, brilliant. So I'm paying oh. him four grand a week to play in my reserves. GG. I hate that man. That used to always happen back in the day on FM. And obviously, I think I tweeted out Sunday or Monday, whatever it was. Go on, son. Because I think I stayed up to about three, four o'clock in the morning just playing to get to the end of the season. And that's when I signed him. They're the best sessions. Yeah, I know. They're the best sessions. I kind of was obviously just clicking continue because I didn't even read it. And then I went to register him in a squad. I'm like, (laughs) oh, it's Penaranda all over again. Oh. Didn't you sign Penaranda when you were a bit under the influence? I signed Penaranda for Palmer, maybe FM. It might have been seventeen, but I signed him and I didn't have um, like the non-EU spot available, so I pretty much spent all of my transfer budget on buying a striker after I got him from fucking <laughs> Syria, fucking spaghetti bolognese up to fucking Syria, and then couldn't play him for a whole season. It's fucking brilliant. I love it. I love it. I love how you sort of almost purposely shaft yourself to make it And I didn't. That was the end of the save. <laughs> <laughs> but, but a QPR one, I will. I'm going to persist with it because now I've built myself a little team. I kind of want to get relegated. 
Would you get? Yeah, if you could get relegated, but keep oh, your yeah, job. Fuck. Um, that'd be sort of <clears throat> dream scenario. <laughs> um, I think the um, avoid relegation is my kind of what the board are expecting. So I should, should be, be safe right. then. Like if, Me and my mate Tony. Yeah. Mm. Who was the marquee signing? Oh, I've got Eddie and Ketcher and Ian Acho on loan. So I thought if I'm gonna go, if if I'm gonna try and do anything, I need to have people that can score. So I thought get a couple of Premier League FM kind of goal baggers. And to be fair, they have they've scored in yeah. other than the Arsenal game that lost two 0 The other two games they've both scored in both games. Yeah, natural up front and Clint Hill at the back, mate. No, no, no. <laughs> I've got who I got. Isn't he still like, roaming around in Scotland, Probably. Clint Hill? Castro well, struggling to turn around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got Dean Dean Henderson because he was on loan last season. Got That's him on a free idea. transfer. Tony Lysner, nice. or whatever his name, who's actually there. He's playing centre back for me. Axel Tuanzebe, centre back, and Ben Davies from Preston, centre back. They're pretty shit, to be fair. It's <laughs> not too bad. Joe's being harsh, but anyway. Um, so I guess a similar situation in my save, although I haven't streamed much at all this week, in fact, but I have played similar save because I'm, I have, I've got the bug back again, which it's taken a while to get it, but um, I, I have, I, last week I was sort of having a bit of a, a tough time of it, and then. Uh, the signings that I'd made in January just all of a sudden started to click and I got a fortunate win against Wolves which seemed to turn the tide completely. Um, and we started winning games that I had no idea we could actually win and the new players that I brought in started scoring and it just seemed to work and we've gone on this massive, I think I've, I think it's like 10 games unbeaten now which we've got two games left of the season but they are probably two of the hardest games we'll come against or come up against. We've got Arsenal and Chelsea, one of which is away, but I can't remember which one. Uh, all of the other teams in and around us are like so. We are, I think, we're fifteenth due to basically other team. We played quite a lot of the, the other teams in and around the relegation zone throughout that sort of stretch of results. We beat Spurs three 0 which was just completely bizarre. And then Pochettino got sacked, so I think they're at the tail end of a, a really dodgy spot of form. But um, because of the morale, we've just basically ridden that wave through to safety. But 15th is where we sit, and we're, I think we're two points clear of the, the third relegation spot. But everyone else plays each other at least once um, over this sort over these remaining two games. So it, it's not in our hands at all. And we basically, I've got like two losses on my hands, so I've just got to just sort of hope that other teams are equally as bad and draw or lose. Uh, you got two games left. Are you gonna wait and play those on stream, or are you? I want to. Yeah, I'm. I, I feel like I have to really because, well, it's just right. I think the the because the it, the like the narrative of all of that. It's so, it's so um, flippant based on other other teams' results. Like one week, everyone could lose and it will stay the same. The next week, it could go down right down to the wire. And it's too too interesting to to sort of pass that opportunity up. To be fair, it could all be done with, within the first game. Like if I think who I think Fulham are currently in 18th. So if Fulham win their next game, that could really screw me because I think they've got 35. So that put them above me. Bearing in mind I'm not going to win, and then I'm re- relying on other teams 
in and around. The Another one of the teams that have sort of pulled themselves out of the mire is actually managed by Sean Dyche now, which is Crystal Palace. Uh, they were down and around, and he's really pulled them up. Um, and they've done really, despite having uh, Wilfred Zaha being injured, so he's done an absolutely stellar job as well. So uh, shout out to Big Sean there. Big but Sean. It's, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's odd. I know it's a, there's a proper duality with this save because I feel like I have to hate the team, but I, I'm starting to not hate them, and I feel wrong for saying that. But um, because like all of the signings I've made have had a, an absolutely positive impact on on performances, like we've actually got a goal scorer in Kevin uh, Kevin John Augustine. Uh, Chris Wood started scoring some absolute perlers from 25 yards out. Um, Zardas has started. He's made the the right midfield side his own. Uh, having had uh, Goodmanson get injured, and uh, and Trincao has been absolutely stellar, and according to his star rating, he's sh- he's only a, like a, a good championship player at this point. But he, he he's he's got two goals, five assists in like nine appearances, which is just bonkers return really. So yeah, I'm I'm pleased with how it's going. The other thing is I've got a new contract, completely out of the blue, and in, in complete contrast to last season, they've offered me a new contract. I'm not safe yet at this point either. In fact, I got offered it whilst I was still in the relegation zone. So I don't know what the hell's going on with the board. Um, I can't remember what my expectation was, but I don't know if I'll get sacked at the end of the season or whether they'll stick with me. It would be quite cool if I go down and and they and I retain my job. If not, oh well. But we'll see how it goes, I guess. The team meeting. Our little discussion about sort of five at the back tactics and and how to get it working. Uh, as I was alluding to earlier, and as Dave has mentioned as well. Um, Dave was having a bit of a problem getting his five at the back to work uh, and Joe has also sort of had a brief foray into sort of a five at the back tactic with QPR. So we figured we would, uh, as as number of people have sort of mentioned, I think Dupes mentioned it a couple of times, that others have tried getting three or five at the back working and have failed to do so consistently. So maybe we can sort of share some pearls of wisdom or at least maybe mention some of the pitfalls. Uh, of of getting something like this to work but who wants to get us started uh, because I haven't got a running order of, of how we're going to we're going to wing it I mean wing back it as Dave said earlier but Wee. I'm crediting that to you Dave because it was awful so well done Um, yeah so uh, well the five at the back thing with Wolves obviously sort of um, Wolves play with it in real life uh, you could say uh, so I've I've tried my best to try and get it working this year on Football Manager, but it's been fairly difficult to get it going. So yeah, um, the five at the back thing, it's how Wolves more or less set up in real life. And I've tried sort of since the start of Football Manager 19 to try and replicate it or try and at least get some success out of it. And the first time I tried it, I tried it on the Youth Academy Challenge, didn't have much joy with it. And obviously with the restrictions... I just needed to try and get the most positive results I could with this team I had. So I didn't really push it then. When me and Joe started the O Classico save, I actually started with a five at the back tactic. I was winning games and wasn't conceding many chances, but I was only just winning games. And as soon as I had a chat to Joe and went a bit more positive and only had four at the back, I was beating teams four or five nil. So I try, I'm trying it now with Wolves again. Starting this season... And I just played with a flat back three, two wing backs, a two mid, uh, three midfielders, three central midfielders, and two strikers. To a, to a degree, defended okay, but the main issue I was having was the crossfield balls, the the crosses from deep, 
and it was just beating the back the back per, uh, the back defender and the wing back was getting nowhere near it either so um I know Joe uh, asked the question on Twitter this week. Viking Dan uh, also gave his input on it as well. So I have tweaked the tactic a little bit. I dropped Ruben Neves into a defensive midfield role, so he's covering the the back three a little bit more. I've amended the role and instructions on the wing backs a little bit, and Touchwood I've not seen that happen since I've amended those roles. Um, the back three roles that I'm playing is a libero in the middle. For Connor Cody, because I wanted to try something different. A ball-playing defender on the left-hand side. And just a normal central defender on the right. And I think it's just two standard wing-backs for the wide players. So the wing-backs bomb up and down quite well. And they create a lot of chances. And Doc, uh, Doherty, who have got a right wing-back. And Johnny, who's a left wing-back. Or Vinagre, I sometimes play. They're actually getting their fair share of goals. So that that's working to a degree. Uh, but it's just tweaking little things in the defence to try and perfect it, I think. And I think... I want. I do really want to try and get it to work, um, but I'm still not quite there yet. It's interesting, isn't it? Like it kind of. Uh, I I kind of feel like you with the back three in Football Manager. Like I tried it with Chelsea, and I haven't really tried it since very early on in FM19. Um, but I tried it with Chelsea with David Luiz in the middle. Again, I think as a libero, possibly a, just a ball playing defender. I can't remember. Um, and then two two centre backs either side of him, um, and what I found was um, David Luiz would step up, but the two centre backs either side of him would split so wide, we were susceptible so often to just um, balls over the top if we lost the ball in midfield or whatever. Um, but I guess the thing is with like with yours, Dave, like at least you know where the weaknesses are, like you can you've identified yeah. where the weaknesses are and you've decided to try and tweak roles to nullify those as best you possibly can, but you don't want to compensate for, you know, going forward. And it's kind of kind of what I was saying about my four four two. Like, you know, I could I could lose a striker and drop someone into DM and be more defensively sound. But actually I know that that's a weakness, but I'm willing to accept that that's a weakness uh, and still kind of keep um keep keep up with sort of my game plan. Um have you have you tried Dropping the the wing backs into a like uh, to a black back five, a flat five. I've not tried it yet. But I know we discussed it. Um, I think when I had a chat with Raz. I don't know if Matt was there as well. Um, they seem to think that works a little bit better. That is something that I'm going to try. Um, it's just getting the right time to try it. I think. But um, for argument's sake, maybe in the game against Bristol City, where I, I think I'm expected to win, I might try it and maybe just put the, the full backs on an attack role so they're still sort of going up and down, but um, a little bit more cover down there. But that's definitely something that I'm going to have a look at. Yeah, I'm going to cover off a couple of don't-dos. Don't um, <clears throat> Kurt, what you said there about the cent- playing David Luiz as the centre, like the centre of the three. I was obviously looking at the same thing as having my ball playing kind of defender as the central one noticed within about 45 seconds of the first friendly exactly what you said they step forward the lone striker of the opposition is just left there he's played on side because of the other two center halves that are kind of split quite wide so what i've done now is i've put my left center half as the ball playing defender i've got two and zabi playing in the middle as a no-nonsense center half man marking the lone striker if it's a obviously a one one striker system we're facing 
tends to just man mark him. As soon as the ball comes near him, he just kicks shit out of it. Um, so that that worked quite well. Um, another thing not to do: uh, don't play wing back support with inverted wingers in front of them, because the wing backs become inverted wing backs, and literally it is carnage. So I've done that for two games. That was definitely not good. Um, and what I was trying to do was basically try and replicate what kind of what Wolves do where they have like trigger points. So if like the fullbacks or a deep centre midfielder or a centre half, if they kind of take a bad touch or the ball goes a little bit further, it's like Wolves have this like trigger that they'll just go and close them down really quickly. And that's how they kind of break and, and score a lot of their goals on the counter. So I was trying to mess around with those wider players to see if I can get them in positions where they can take advantage of like a fullback having a bit of a heavy touch or something like that. It didn't work um, because the wingbacks just went on went on a bit of a mazy wherever they liked. Uh, and it was a bit like your, um, do you remember your Chelsea one, Curtie, where the right wing back would be playing like left wing, going to close someone down and it was just all over the fucking shop. I still, so, I still <clears> see that in set pieces, you know, sometimes, even though it's set up not to be like that. But anyway. To be, to be honest, I, I think that, how I've had that set up, I don't know if it's broken something, but it literally, like I've got Jay De Silva from Chelsea and I, he had he had a um, like inverted winger in front of him and you'd find him like playing right wing back. It's like, it's like the match engine doesn't know where to put them. It's like, oh, we can't have you both kind of next to each other. So we're just going to go, you're going to go and find space somewhere. See, so this, this is like, so you're playing... Like, Imagine like a five-four-one playing against. So so three at three at the back, oh, two wing two, backs, okay. and then in front of them, basically a flat midfield four, with one lone striker. So what I was just, yeah, what I was trying to clarify is that he's not facing an inverted winger, and he's dragging him sort of into the centre by him trying no, to mark no. him. It's actually the player in front of him on his team that he's actually. Yeah, it's like he's issue. blocking him, but not blocking him because he cuts inside himself. So it, it was just a bit weird. So again, a lot of it when I'm trying it is trying to make it work in the match engine rather than how it looks on a tactic screen. Um, but I will say that diagonal ball, it tends to be on a counter and depending on how you've got your attacking whip and your defensive whip. So at the moment, I've got my defensive whip very narrow and my attacking whip, it's a bit wider. So as you see them the opposition start attacking you. As you see those kind of three central defenders narrow up, you literally would have like a right midfielder or a left midfielder of the opposition. They just ping a ball diagonal across the penalty box. And then the opposition player is just like your right or left centre half is just oblivious that a ball's gone past them. And it's really frustrating. So what I've tried doing is man marking. So wing backs man mark the wingers. And then when I was playing, obviously whatever I'm doing with my wide players, I get them to man mark the fullbacks just to try and stop, obviously, that opportunity happening. But it tends to only be if you get encountered. So you're going to have players out of position. To be honest, that's how I score a lot of my goals this season for Borough. Yeah. Just that like kind of that deep cross <laughs> from your fullback or from a midfielder who's you know who's not got, gone to the byline. Just that kind of big curling ball into the far post. And like it to be, you know, it happens with four at the back as well as five at the back. It's just, it's just a thing. And in, in the match engine this year, I think, where your fullback will just be facing the wrong way, or, or I don't know, just he's gone to sleep or whatever. I'm not sure, but that is basically how I'm scoring all my goals. <laughs> I think the the one thing that I have done to try and stop it is amend my opposition instructions. So because a lot of the times when the crosses are coming in. 
the frustrating thing isn't only the player getting all the space and time to score the goal, it's the fact that we're giving the winger so much space and time to cross the actual ball in. So I'm having to study like opposition instructions a little bit more to try and get like close down the wingers a lot quicker and a lot more. Um, but I mean, on the flip side of it as well, obviously if you've got five at the back, that means maybe you've got one or two less players going forward. So I know Dan, when we talked to Viking Dan about it, he said something about trying two pressing forwards and he put like a picture on. And I tried that for a little bit and I had minimal success with it. Like I had a, a little bit in, in the early stages and then it just seemed like we couldn't string an attack together at all. So I've switched back to pressing forward and advance forward. But instead of them being like proper strict and quite central, I put the advance forward to roam from position and go wide as well. So I think that's a Rigi who's got a little bit of pace about him. And like he's like, instead of saying central, he's like weaving in between defenders and one over the top ball. I know he can't he can't hit a barn door, but if he started starts finishing, the amount of chances he's getting, it could work really really well. Um, but the wing backs are getting involved. It's just it's just the tiny things. As Curtis says, I know what they are. It just needs tweaking to try and find the fix for it. I mean, I guess it could just be that that's one of the sort of the only real weak points that a sort of five at the back or three at the back tactic has, and so therefore that's really the only way that the match engine is able or capable of showing sort of you conceding a goal um, because it's really the only conceivable weakness and so ultimately every tactic does have a weak point and it's just a case of you you can only go so far to mitigate these circumstances and there'll always be, you know, you can defend nine out of ten balls and it'll be that one that you see every time. Um, the The point I was, I was going to ask is do you see this behaviour happen regardless of what appears to be the role of the opposition wide players like if they're playing say in, inside forwards and uh, wing backs themselves so they've got a, uh, like a double up on, on on your single wing back or if they've got wingers and wing uh, full backs charging at you and playing wide do you notice it's the same sort of behavior where it sort of drags the entire defensive line out and so therefore when it comes to the cover player being pulled across um, to once the sort of the the player on the side of the ball has gone to engage his man or men in some cases, that you've then got this massive hole open and that's when the ball comes across. Is that what you notice or is there, or is it just, it doesn't really seem to matter. It's always seems to be that there's always that ball available. I don't know. It, it just always seems like when you're being countered, it's, it's the same ball. And obviously I know we talk about the, when you're watching in 3D, it's a graphical representation, but it's it looks like you're watching the same animation. Like every time, if it's mm. in a certain position, you can pretty much go, this ball's going diagonal over the top, and you know he's going to get on the end of it. So it's just one of those that there must be something that can counter it. It's just finding what counters it. Um, but it just, it's, you can pretty much, I reckon, it, I, I could say 99 times out of 100, I could tell you it's going to happen. And like, you just watch it happen. Has anyone? I've not played or tried playing five at the back this year purely because I haven't had the the players to really do it at Burnley, and I barely got into Schalke. So, has anyone tried playing with a half back just to see if that the centre halves fan out a bit more and so cover the wings a little bit more than they would naturally because you've obviously got that additional player that sort of slots in alongside the centre halves. I used to play on the youth save. I used to play Den Donker as a half back in front of the the back three. Um, 
again, that was a similar sort of thing where I was play where we were getting done. I, I, I actually think, especially now I've done it with Neves and putting him in in a defensive midfield role, I think defensive midfielders help help this a lot because um, it's restricted the amount of goals we're conceding quite a bit. But I did put Dendonka because he either plays very well as a central uh, centre-back or a central midfielder. So I thought, oh, he could work as a half-back. And it worked to some degree. I switched in and out of that five of the back tactic so much on that on that um, save because it would be almost typical FBM where I'd get a run of decent results and then get absolutely dicked in the third game. So I'd have to switch tactics to, to something else. But whenever I played it, it was quite effective in that half-back role. But it's it's not anything that I've played with major success or something that I've played with overly consistently. Yeah, definitely not try to half-back. But it was a point I was going to make a minute ago, actually, that... You play a four four two, and I don't know, Curtis. I know you've played four four two quite a bit. That you don't notice as many like number ten scoring long long range shots against you, or number eights as as I had at Benfica. When, when I'm playing three at the back, literally the four goals that I've conceded in the last two games have all been long shots from probably twenty yards, and like all the same, like top bin absolute smashes. Wilfried Zaha scored two. James Madison scored two, and I was thinking. Maybe I need to drop someone into that hole just to man mark that player because it it's obviously kind of a vulnerability of the system because if you had four goals scored against you in exactly the same way, clearly something's not mm-hmm. right. And it's weird because obviously with a four four two you're playing two central midfielders. I'm still playing two central midfielders, and I've actually got three centre halves. So you're kind of thinking, where is that space now coming from that's allowing them to kind of shoot from distance and score? No, it's it's a bit of a weird one. Maybe maybe it's just be purely because it's like like I was saying, it's the only, one of the only vulnerabilities there. So it's either that cross ball out wide or a long range banger, and that just seems to be how things are being displayed um, in the not in the match engine, but in the graphical representation of what's going on behind the scenes. The one thing that you lot mentioned earlier as well with the, the certain position of each role across the back three, and um, Obviously, in, in real life terms, Wolves have got or are right the back three quite well. But in Football Manager, they're probably on paper they're not as good as they're, and they're not strong defenders. They probably you can, I can probably buy a lot better. So that's what I'm looking forward to doing in January is actually obviously going to buy defenders. But the weird thing in real life is that Willie Bolly plays as a like a ball playing defender, but he's right he's right footed, but he plays on the left. Do you think? If in January I should swap him to the right hand side and get like a left footed um, centre back or, or a both footed centre back to play on the left side of the back three, I don't know if it matters that much, but I don't know what you lot think. I, I'm always someone that if you've got a left sided centre off, I always try and play him as left footed, but I'm, I yep. can't remember who it was. But they used to play like opposite fullbacks. So if you had, say you had like a Messi cutting him from the right hand side onto his left foot. If you had a right-footed centre half that played on the left side, he's on his strongest foot to face him. So there was like, yeah, there was good, kind of. I don't know there was something behind it. I mean, but I was going to say you said about not being great on paper. I mean, you literally wrote that paper. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, <laughs> I get given the restrictions. Yeah, but like you know what I mean, though. Like for for a, a team of wall stature at the moment, obviously for walls they've moved so far so quickly in a year. So for me now, I'm in the Europa League. But like Connor Cody, no disrespect. This time last year, probably wouldn't have been a Europa League quality player. So that's what I'm dealing isn't. with. But I mean, <laughs> we've um 
with Willy Bolly, I think the main reason, especially in in real life terms, as a right footer on the left side, he very rarely just gets the ball and lumps it forward. Whenever he's playing it, he's playing it to the left. He's playing it to Vinagre or playing it to Johnny or Jota on the left. But I think I can see the logic in it. But I think in football manager terms, are probably going to be best to try and move him to the right and get a new centre. Basically, what Joe said. It strikes me as quite a defensive move rather than something that you do to look look when you build out from the back like, and Maguire played on the left hand side for England didn't he in in uh, in the World Cup and he's right footed um, so no, I mean I think yeah. it is just possibly so that you know if players are coming inside from the from the flank he's on his strongest foot to, to stop him rather than um, rather than the other way around I mean, England played Ashley Young at left back, and you know he just eats bird shit. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Coming on. Well, there we go. It's coming on. <laughs> the uh, UEFA Nations League is that? Have I got that right, or is it changed name again? Something like that. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Uh, exactly. Right. Um, we're going to have a few questions then, uh, gents, before we move into the quiz. Uh, because it's been a while since we've actually just outwardly asked questions. Yeah, oh, we've got we've we've uh, rolled the clock back, as it were. Um, Stuart McDougall at Stuart McDougall nineteen eighty. He probably won't be overly pleased that we revealed his birthday, but never mind. Um, one question that always got me: You take a team and really change their fortunes, promotions, cup wins, etc. If you leave, does the AI revert them back to how they were over time? I.e., Preston North End promotion times two to Prem, FA Cup victory times two, and European Cup semis. Two seasons later, they were relegated in Stuart's save. What what sort of our been been our observations with this sort well, of thing? Well, obviously, happening? I was Aldershot manager for a large portion of the save that I'm currently in. Um, we I I got sacked from them whilst I was top of League One. Um, they got promoted. I mean, it was quite near the end of the season, so they didn't have. It wasn't a much of a stretch to get promoted. Sol Bamba took over. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, in the championship, Sol. they like so obviously I was at Borough now. In the championship, Aldershot really struggled under Sol, but he managed to get the Norwich job. He jumped ship very, very early, um, and then Rod. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no loyalty, loyalty of two or something. Um, then Roddy Delia took over, um, which is quite a good appointment for Aldershot, yeah. given that you know former Celtic manager and that. And they're actually doing really well in League One. I was half expecting them to just slide back down towards the lower reaches of. Uh, of league football, but uh, I think they're sat in third or fourth in League One at the moment. So every chance is going back up to the Championship, which would be a hell of an achievement. Yeah, I think I think it does de- depends on a few things. Uh, I think if you get like a team such like Curtis saying like Aldershot or whatever in the conference, and you've used quite a tactic that's powerful without actually strengthening the team so much. If you jump ship, the chances are when you're two or three divisions up, and but you've not really strengthened the team, they're just going to slide straight back down. But like for argument's sake, if you do get a team and you make them into world beaters and a really strong team, and then leave the club, they're probably more than likely the AI isn't going to f them up that bad. They're probably going to stay in a similar position to what they have been. But I think a lot of it does. I think the game does favour the human manager a little bit at times. Um, but I don't think it it fully depends on the situation. It depends on if they've got the team or if it was just a tactical thing. So last year I made sort of a decent team or put a decent team together at Borough and they managed to sort of maintain things despite having Andy Scott as manager. 
but I've also, I mean, this is this is really just how the AI tends to manage clubs. Full stop. But like I've, I, uh, I simmed like a thousand years into the future, and the amount of clubs that have come f- for fun, yeah. Um, <laughs> to, and to see, like, um, it was more to test a new processor. But anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Shock. Um, but the but the the number of non-league clubs that are now in the Premier League in that save is ridiculous. Just just you know, and just allowing the AI to just do its thing over time. Now, obviously, I haven't had, or someone hasn't had the influence over that particular team and building them up. But the AI has obviously built particular teams up from nothing absolutely nothing they weren't even playable at the start of the save to the point where they're now sort of challenging for for premier league honors or have challenged premier league honors and then you also have the inverse of that where teams get demoted to the point where they fall out of the game entirely and i think like dave was saying where the it favors the human manager i don't think it's necessarily that i think if you're winning and getting promoted it's the wrong word to use but you found the exploit that makes you win and obviously when you then leave, it hasn't got your kind of touch to it anymore. So it goes back to just being an AI running the numbers, you know, simulating what it thinks should happen with that team. And I think that's that's yeah. why you'll see them kind of drop back down through the leagues and unless you get obviously Celtic legend or Cardiff City legends taking over as your, your club. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous. Uh Next question is from Chris Battle Ready AM or at Chris underscore Bram underscore. Don't know why there's the need for the second underscore, but never mind. Who's the best FM player out of all of the podcasters? And sub question, who's the worst? I mean, Dave's throwing the old Championes arms um, aloft. I'm just going to say Dupe's the worst because he's not here. And he's, <laughs> and he's, he's a not going to listen here, well. is he? Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's a given. He's, he, he's improved a lot and he do Paz in the last year or so much like he's good self mate cheers mate what quantifies um, being the best I guess well I guess it's, it depends on most most improved uh, most trophies won what happened me trophies won because I play it more than all of you that's not a, that's not a really a, a fair metric is it to use no but um, I won the Community Shield ten times. I'd, I'd probably say just from what I know, um, and I've not, I've never sort of sat there. I mean, obviously, when people are streaming, you sit there and watch. Um, but from what I what I know, I think probably Teach or Joe. I'd say if if I had to back yeah. someone to win me a league title, um, I'd probably put one of those two in the chair. I, I would pick Tobes. To be fair, you. if I'm playing against someone, you're fucked. But if if it's just playing, I don't think I pay enough attention. I, I literally, whereas Tobes is like every time he plays, he's just attention to detail, and I yeah. literally can't be asked. So I, I pretty much I, I start the season, <laughs> I start the season doing kind of putting it all together, and then as I'm going through, I don't really change a lot. With Tobes' attention was ridiculous when we went to Sports Interactive last year. And the stuff that you were saying about player traits and that, I was there like, I don't think I've ever, I didn't even know that existed on the game and like some of the stuff he was saying. But the only thing is, I, I want to see Tobes conquer a journeyman or something like that. Because he did, he started the draws and save, but he didn't really gain his interest in it. Because like, he, he likes playing with big quality players. because he got players. barred from the pub. I just, 
Yeah, I want to see him. <laughs> I, I want to see him smash it with a lower league team or a journeyman. I want to see I, him do I that. I think next that's going to be like the Wee Stream FM thing next year because I've already set mine up. I know Dave's been thinking about it. Tobes, I think, definitely wants to start lower. Dupes already. Dupes kind of already having a mess around Dupe now. People copy Tobes, so yeah. <laughs> Matt will pretend that Kettering are relevant. <laughs> hey. Definitely relevant. I'll do an old shot save. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because you're in the dog and duck league. We're just turning it into Dave. <laughs> <laughs> don't even know, don't even know what league they're going to be in next year. Oh yeah, saw that news. Big up the Gateshead. Rip. Could be interesting. Uh, so did we? Did we oh, answer who's the worst? <clears throat> oh, worst, Dave. Who the, who the worst? <laughs> Best and worst. Lads, you don't need to say. All right, we'll just move on. All right. Uh, do you know where to? I think he's I guess pretty so. good. Uh, and I might even say he would compete with Tobes, Viking Dan. Dan's very yeah, good. Dan's, yeah. good. Dan, Dan's, very, Dan's very good. And v- very innovative as well. Yeah, because he's not like just play a 4 4 2. It'll be play some fucking weird, funky Scott McTominay target man style shit. Yeah, I love the target man. <laughs> and Herrera as a fucking inverted wing back. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> There's a lot of brain in that fucking chrome dome. <laughs> There's a lot of chrome dome to store a brain, I guess. <laughs> Probably hiding a bit extra in his beard too. Um I think we've run out of time just about, so Kurt Dizzle, you're up, son E Jim. Curtis Quiz Right, well, people seem to like last week's quiz where I put zero effort in, so I thought I'd do the same again this week. <laughs> yeah, um, boy. So last week we focused on um, PFA Player of the War- Player of the Year winners. This week we're going to be focused on Premier League Golden Boot winners. So we've got four rounds. I'm going to ask you each individually to name a Golden Boot winner. You get an extra point if you can tell me the year that they won it. And you get an extra point if you can tell me how many goals they scored. <laughs> so potentially Ooh, yeah. three points per round. I'm going to exclude this year's winners. Okay, so this year's all, winners. All three of them. Damn. All three of them do not count. Um, so, yeah. Uh, obviously, if one player is named, you can't. no one else can name that same player. Um. But apart from that, I think it's it's fairly straightforward. Uh, it's from 1992 onwards because we all know that the football started in football 1992. Started <laughs> didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> when did you born, Dave? Yeah. Hey. I mean, the Premier League Golden Boot <laughs> probably did start in yeah. 1992. Uh, yeah, 92, 93. Yeah. Right. So uh, I've got I've written down the names. Nerd. You are up can, first. I did hear a fact earlier. Sorry, can I just cut in? Yes. I know we're short of time. There was a thing. Uh, there was a quiz question earlier. It said, "Who was the first player to score hundred goals in the Premier League? Alan Shearer or Andy Cole?" Probably Andy Cole. Isn't it? I would say Shearer. That was it. I, I would have said Shearer, but it was Andy Cole. Oh, well. Yeah, that's a bit obvious. If it was Shearer, it just seemed a bit relevant. But there you go. Right, okay. let's go. Uh, so, Nerd, you're up. Uh, I'm going to go Kevin Phillips, 2001-31. I can tell you, Matt. Kevin Phillips did win the Golden Boot. It was not in 2001, and it was not 31 goals. Uh, it was in 2000. He won it with 30 goals. So one one point oh, there. Uh, Dave. 
one off each. So. Uh, Didier Drogba. Okay. Is that a point? Carry on your answer, mate. I'll tell you at the end. Oh, shit. Um, Drogba. 06-27. Right. Didier Drogba did win the Golden Boot Award. Phew. Uh, he did not win it in 2006. Uh, and 27 goals is incorrect. Yeah. So, just the one point for you there, Dave, as well. I'll take it. I'll take it. Friday Night FM. What you got? Just just spoke about him. Andy Cole, and 94, 27 goals. Andy Cole did win it in 1994, but with 34 Ooh. goals. Obviously, it was a 42-game uh, season back then. But, um, yeah, two points. Well played, Jay. Dave, you're up first. Second round. Uh... Wayne Rooney, 2010, with 28 goals. Unfortunately, Wayne Rooney is incorrect. Never won it. Ooh. So zero points there, Dave. <laughs> That's yeah. a ripper. Never won it. Uh, Joe. <laughs> Ninety-six. Alan Shearer, twenty-seven goals. Shearer did win the Golden Boot in nineteen ninety-six. Uh, however, he had thirty-one goals that year. Fuck's sake! Same again. So that is two points as well. That's a, that's a strong start, there, Jay. I mean, there's there's method to what I'm doing here. Okay. So I don't work it out, boys. Nerd. Question before I answer. Uh, if there are occasions where people have got the Golden Boot more than once, do they are they open? No, as for... I, I did say, once a Golden Boot winner has been named, you cannot name him again. I, I was just yeah. making because technically, but you know. I know okay, you can say Shearer 95, um, but you can't have him. <laughs> that's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to go for Salah 32 and uh, 2018. Salah, 32, 2018, is a three-pointer for you. Oh, well played. Yes. Uh, we'll just have a quick half-time score update for those listening. We don't oh, need one. Dave is a new feature. Is currently in third place with one point. Got a lot to do. Uh, and joint first, both on four, Nerd and Joe. So, Joe, you're up for round three. 2008. I've done it wrong. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, 2008, 40 goals. In the Prem? Surely, Surely not. not. Uh, Ronaldo just guessing the goals, mate. did win in 2008, so that is two points. Uh, unfortunately, he had 31 goals. Fuck it, 31 again. 31. <laughs> 31's my next <laughs> guess. <laughs> uh, but that's another two points for you there, Jay. Well played. Nerd, can you keep the pace? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm just on a complete uh, Robin Van okay. Persie oh. 27 sorry 20 what 
27. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for 2013. Oh, that's a great shout. <laughs> 2013, Robin Van Persie. Sorry, Robin Van Persie, 2013 is correct, but he scored 26 goals. Oh, fuck, I was even going to say 26. Oh. <laughs> Two nah. solid points scored. Well played, sir. Well played. Dave, to complete round three. Um, I'm going to try Jamie Vardy. Was it 2006? No, 2017 with 24 goals. Uh, Jamie Vardy has never won the Golden Boot, Dave. Oh, bollocks. Balls. That is unlucky. Chat shit, get banged. Right. <laughs> As you now cannot win, I'm going to start you off in the final round, Dave, if you could uh, have another go. Um, let's have another go. Luis Suarez. 31 goals in 2012. Suarez did score 31 goals in 2014. So two points there. You've oh, yeah. You've done well there, Dave. It's a good, good finish. I, do, I still get the point for the goals. Huh? Yeah, yeah, two points. Come on, the boys. Come on. Right, okay. Breaking I'm going to toss back. a coin now to decide who goes first out of the two of you as you're on level points going into this final round. Um, nerd, do you want to call heads or tails? Um, I'm I'm flipping a washer, but it has a shiny side and a non-shiny side. So <laughs> the shiny side is heads. We break the bank here, uh, five-star pod. You know. I, I've not got I a mean, job. I'll go. I'll go for heads. He doesn't carry cash. It's <laughs> he heads. Cash, Do you want to go yeah. first or second? I'll go okay. first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, no, no. Uh, I'm going for Torres, 2009-24. Torres is an interesting shout. Unfortunately, he never won the golden boot. Fuck. Joe's in the so, Joe, season. you just need a point, mate. Aguero! 2015 and 24 goals. 24 goals, I can tell you, is incorrect. 2015, I can tell you, is correct. Well played, sir. Aguero, 2015, with 26 oh, yeah. goals. So very close. I was going to say that. So final scores on the doors there. Uh, in third place was Mr. Azapardi with three points. Second place on Woo! six points was Mr. Nerdphonic. And out on his own, a solid eight points, two points per round. It's Mr. Friday Night FM. Well played, sir. I was just thinking of who won the league, who was their top scorer. Van Persie was in there. <laughs> That's why I thought Vardy, an absolutely Van Persie won the one I was going to go for, because I was like, Fergie's last year, and he absolutely banged it and scored that yeah. cracker against Villa, didn't he? Mm. I've only started uh, following Premier League football this year anyway, boys. So <laughs> that's my excuse. Uh, I guess it's been League One and Championship for a while yeah. for you, Dave. Up the walls. Yeah. Right, thank you very much for that, Kurt. It's always excellent as per bloody usual. So, well done for that. Thank you. Uh, right, uh, we I guess we did kind of miss the, the fact that Football Manager has been confirmed for another year. Um, we didn't 
we didn't mention that. We may well, if we get a bit more news next week, we may well feature that a bit more heavily. But we'll see as and when Mars decides to drop some Twitter bombs. I just say I was in uh, Benji's stream the other day, and he was he was obviously delighted that he'd won YouTuber of the uh, of the year, manager of the year for YouTube. Um, but he was incredibly upset about Dave's presenting style when it came to the awards and how uh, Benji Benji hates Dave. Me. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, he does. Man. Join him. He's starting a campaign to get you out, son. I think. Bring it on, man. Oh dear, beef. We've we've introduced beef. Damn it. Beef. Anyway, <sighs> never mind. <laughs> okay, uh, that brings the end to. Uh, pod number 93 we're closing in on that 100 very very closely um i I feel like we should start sort of asking for like people's favorite parts over the first 100 episodes maybe and getting them to to sort of say give us timestamps because i really don't want to have to go through (laughs) (laughs) timestamps i remember the episode where dave shouted dad during the quiz we we really should (laughs) start thinking about 100 like we're woefully ill prepared aren't we for for such as well, like well, every week, let's not. I was going to say let's not let's not go too far behind the curtain here. Uh, anyway, that brings the episode to a close, gents. Uh, you can find the links to each of us, for each of us, even the Five Star Pod Twitter account, Weestream FM Discord server, everything else on WeestreamFM.com, as well as in the post post postcast. Fuck's sake podcast description trying to say things too quickly it's warm in this bloody booth i tell you uh the five star potential podcast is available on itunes soundcloud spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every monday this has been five star potential and we'll see you all next week say goodbye gents goodbye gents